Hey everybody, it's Dr. William Clark here for Leadership Conversations. This is the show where we talk about leadership according to the world that matters to you. Wanted to share um, this quick tip with you um, around grant writing. And this tip is uh, earning a grant, earning your first grant, earning your next grant, earning repetitive grants and being consistent and stringing them together takes hard work and dedication. Yes, that is a throwback to, uh, it's not a throwback really, it's a shout out to the money team, May, uh, Floyd Mayweather and his model there, but it's true, it's, it's, a, um, it's, a, it's a model that makes sense for a lot of things in life, especially with grant writing. It takes hard work and dedication. Writing a grant can be hard for a number of reasons. Uh, number one, it's the process. Uh, number two, getting all your thoughts down, depending on how comfortable you are with writing. Number three, getting information from people that are contributing to your work. Uh, number four, maybe you're working with partners and they have a stake in this and they may be delaying or overly accelerating uh, the process. Number five, uh, the angst of finding out when you're going to get the grants, right? That stress. Uh, perhaps you're under the gun and you need some resources coming in. And there might be other reasons why it may be hard. Uh, for you that are more personalized to you. Uh, but you got to get to the point of realizing writing a grant is hard work and dedication. And perhaps maybe this is number six, right? Uh, it's time consuming and you got a whole lot of priorities, a whole lot of grants that are due at the same time. Uh, other priorities that are pressing or equally important operationally for your nonprofit. Perhaps you got family stuff going on, right? And while family stuff is going on, you want to be there with your, with your, with and for your family. You still have to write this grant because the deadline for the grant doesn't change and the priorities of your family doesn't change and move out of the way because of work. It can be hard. I get it. Um, but again, this goes back to the reason why we're doing this particular particular podcast. Uh, it's hard work and dedication to get a grant. And it forces you to think about other ways to get this stuff done. You know, a lot of people, you know, take the mindset, take the approach that they're in it by themselves and that they are the only ones to do A, B, and C and that they can't share A, B, and C. I don't believe in that. I believe in the team approach to much, much of what we do in life and in work and in business and in leadership. It is a team effort that gets you to where you're trying to be. And if you feel like you're overextended, if you feel like you are uh, you take taking on way too much, if you feel like you are overly wrapped up in this particular thing, especially if this thing is grant writing, you got to rethink your approach and you got to work differently. You got to work smarter, not harder. And even when you work smarter, there is an element of hard in it. And, you know, for some people, it's difficult for them to trust other people. Uh, with the writing elements of, of the grant, I get it. Some people don't have the same level of writing ability and skill that you have, and it's hard to let go. I totally get it. It's hard to trust people with deadlines who typically skirt around deadlines and make up excuses. I get it. I get how difficult it is to embrace the fact that, man, letting go could put more work on you if you got to fix this and fix that once you get it in. I get it. But the hard work and dedication that we're talking about requires you to step outside of yourself and to learn to trust more and do things differently and plan differently. If you know, especially this is for the experienced grant writers who feel under duress and feel distress. If you know that the same grant is coming out the same time every year or twice a year around the same dates, wouldn't it be helpful to create a grant calendar, a database of when grants are expected to come 
out. Maybe it doesn't come out uh, August the 4th every year. But perhaps it comes out in and around August. And it's due four weeks after it comes out. So maybe you create a database, a calendar that says such and such grant from such and such foundation is going to come out typically around this month. Let's spend the previous month prepping for what's going to come out next month. Get all the basic information that we wrote last year, right? Or at least get the basic questions that were requested last year. Look at our answers, see what's changed, see what's been updated, see what we're doing differently, see how, let's see how the program has evolved and gotten better. Let's look at the lessons learned. Let's look at the results that we achieved. Let's look at the goals we want to set. And let's have that basic information already written, ready to go. So whenever that that the RFP, that RFQ, that grant uh, application is released, we're ready to hit the ground running without any delays. That's number one. Have a calendar. Number two. You might want to have a database or a standard document that collects all of the basic grant information that typically all funders or a particular funder asks for. Again, going back to the example I just talked about, if the same funder releases the same type of grant for the same type of topic every year or category every year, and they ask a a series of questions that are pretty similar, but there's like a 3% change to the questions year over year, how about you have a database of answers that correlate with that question? And to go further, do an analysis of how often all the funders you respond to ask for similar content so that you can create a centralized question that relates to each funder and you can pull from that particular database to answer that particular question in that particular grant uh, application. This reduces the amount of time you spend writing fresh content. You can write content one good time at the top of the year. Have it ready to go. And all you have to do is either drop it into an application or tweak it. But you have to have a handle on what the funders are doing. Notice the trends that uh, that they express in their release, in their uh, release of RFPs, RFQs, grant applications over the past couple of years. Look at the trends of projects they fund. Look at the trends of projects they're engaged in, conversations they're having now with existing and potentially new funders. And to begin to develop your philosophy, your way of thinking, your content around that information. Have a database of a standard grant application ready to go. Have a completed, number three, have a completed strategy document, theory of change, or action plan that articulates your organization's philosophy in general about the work you're pursuing. Not every funder is going to be a fit for you. So you got to have your own way of thinking, your own mission, your own vision, your own goals that are separate from a funder. Perhaps there's synergy between you and a particular funder, perhaps. And perhaps there's a match in funding dollars and your vision and mission, etc. And you decide to pursue it. That's when the standardization of this standard grant app and your strategy document or your theory of change or your action plan comes into play. You got to know what you stand for, what you value. Number four, when you put all those things together and you feel like you're alone or you have inferior talent on your team, perhaps you think differently about how you deploy your team. Perhaps you're the best writer. Here's a good example. Perhaps you're the best writer on your team. 
and you have inferior talent who can't write as well as you. And and let's assume your your criticisms are legit. Let's assume they are legit. What if you deploy your team to do the analysis of when grants are typically released throughout the year? Ones you've pursued in the past, ones you want to pursue this year. And they created a calendar of when things are generally due. Number one, what if you got your team to identify databases or systems to log those questions that are typically asked across the board with a particular funder or funders? That's number two. What if, number three, you had your team put together a tentative schedule relative to when they want to have a grant application completed for a particular funder if the dates are already published? Number four, and if you don't trust their writing and you only trust your writing, what if you spent the first month of the year or the last month of the previous year, calendar year I'm talking about, writing the standard answers to typically or frequently asked questions from funders? Just let that sink in for a moment. What if you created a FAQ document of every possible question you could think of and loaded that stuff into the database your staff, who you believe is inferior in the grant writing process, can upload and store. Just let it sink in for a moment. I know, I see you getting the idea now. And instead of acting like and treating people like you don't trust them, deploy them differently. Let's go a step further. If this database is populated with quality information that you believe you, you have provided, it's written properly, it expresses the intent of the organization properly, it's grammatically correct, etc. It's like art. It's like poetry. <laughs> Let's assume that you've gotten to that point. Now you can deploy your staff way different. Do you see where I'm going with this? If you complete the majority of the writing for the FAQs up front and it's organized in a database, when a grant comes out that you've been targeting, all your staff now has to be responsible for is copying your answers pasting them into the grant application in question, and hitting submit on time, ahead of schedule, with time to spare. And if there needs to be tweaks made to your FAQ sheet or database, if you need to add some content that just augments it a bit for this particular funder, what is it to you to add a couple of sentences here Change some words there. Adjust the wording here. Just to satisfy and contextualize this particular answer to this question for that particular funder. And even if it tweaks it for that funder, that might that little tweak might be a permanent fix because it just sounds good. It sounds better. That doesn't take a lot of time as it would for you to write a full-out new grant app or answer a question from scratch. It changes things, folks. The staff you consider to be inferior, the staff you consider to have no writing skills, no grammatical skills, 
No pure value to the grant writing process just got debunked. That philosophy just got debunked. And this becomes a leadership question and issue. This is a leadership triage situation right now because your inability to figure out how to deploy staff differently throughout the grant writing process becomes a problem in your leadership. And your lack of ability to have vision for your staff, for the process, for your organization, for the revenue you're trying to generate, it becomes a problem in your leadership and your lack of ability to influence a staff, a group of people to go to a whole nother level in spite of their, quote, limitations, their, quote, lack of skill, their, quote, lack of whatever. You can elevate people if you just changed the way you deployed folks. If you put them to use, to use their strengths, or you taught them to do something different that they'd never done before. Maybe they will never write a single sentence for a grant, but they play a critical part and you get in the grant out of time. And I'm sharing this because for those of you who are new to the grant writing process and for those of you who are who've been in it for a while, you know this. Funders are notorious for releasing grants and it's due in two, three weeks. This is in the midst of the worst crises of the year for your organization. This is in the midst of an underperforming program you're trying to fix. This is in the midst of unforeseen challenges you're facing. This is in the midst of not enough cash flow in your business, in your organization, in your nonprofit. This is in the midst of a bunch of stuff that just could not go wrong at, at, the, at the worst time. And then, oh, by the way, this grant we've been targeting, oh, they finally released the RFP and they want it done by tomorrow. You can mitigate as much as you can if you just plan the process out. (laughs) Plan out the grant writing process. Stop saying that you don't have help when you literally have help literally sitting in the next cubicle over from you. They're on your team. They report to you. They may not be able to write as well, but I'm sure they can copy and paste pretty well. I'm sure they can organize dates pretty well. I'm sure they can have response to deadlines pretty well if you allow them to do something relevant, important, necessary for the grant writing process. I hope you, you're inspired by this particular podcast because more of you need to... Begin to lay the foundation for your future, your financial future for your nonprofit. And if there isn't a necessary, if there isn't the appropriate infrastructure established to get you where you need to be for your nonprofit, grant writing will always be hard. Fundraising will always be hard. Revenue generation will always be hard. You will always complain and will it will always be the funder's fault. It will always be your staffing fault. It will always be the fault of lack of resources. It will always be the fault of everybody else except you, the leader, you. Hence, leadership conversations and why leadership conversations is addressing grant writing, fundraising, etc. It, it falls at your feet. You got to deploy your staff. You got to learn how to lead different. You got to have a different vision and purpose uh, and value set for your team. Come on now. You got to do it different. Come on now. You got to think different. Come on, fam. You got to think different. You got to do this different. Your nonprofit, which you're launching and you get off the ground, depends upon you switching gears, changing strategies. You're looking to get promoted into another role. 
and you say you hate grant writing, you might not hate it as much if you had a different strategy and approach. If you considered some of these tactics I shared with you in this podcast, if you considered a schedule, if you considered a database, if you considered a staff who can organize this stuff and deliver stuff on time, on a regular basis, if you just considered doing it a little different. Let me drop another tidbit. Two more. Two more tidbits. One of the ways to help staff get better at grant writing is through the observational process. I think, you know, as a leader, you know that, right? Any time you can have staff observe you doing work, it's great. But part of the observational process you might want to consider is dictation. Okay? You could dictate the answers to FAQs, frequently asked questions, that will go into your grant uh, database to your staff to write down and to structure and to return to you for final evaluation and approval. What this means or what this looks like is perhaps you're tight for time or perhaps you're trying to teach your staff how to get better. Dictate the answers to the questions so so your staff, let's say you have two of them in a room, two or more in a room, can write down what they're hearing and articulate it either in bulleted, bullets, short sentences, right, or paragraph form. And from there, you can teach them how to structure your answers. From there, you can teach them how to listen for intent and information from there you can teach them how to uh how they need to frame the language a little differently because oftentimes people hear what they want to hear and will articulate it in their writing and it will not be the way you said it but you can help them listen differently to you you can help them hear things differently from a fundraiser's standpoint, from a funder's standpoint, from a grant writer standpoint by looking at their writing. You can critique their writing real time. And as they continue to practice and hear and listen for buzzwords, keywords, framing of language, etc., they start to pick it up and they become second nature to them. And you, my friend, have now taught someone how to grant write. It will take time. Don't get me wrong. It will take a repetitive process. But if you're going to engage in creating an FAQ database up front in the beginning of the year, you might want to consider having your team be a part of the process of writing those answers. That means having them write down the answers, dictate, and then if you have two more people in the room, have them compare notes. Have them combine what they're saying, what they're thinking, to get the best version to you. Here's something else that comes out of that process. And that something else is you may get a better product from them that you would have gotten if you wrote it yourself. Because fresh eyes, virgin eyes, virgin ears can be some of the best eyes and ears that can help you contribute to an innovative product. Maybe you've been in the trenches way too long. Maybe you've seen way too much that you're jaded and you have not made the time to learn something new. You can learn something new by having staff who've never done this before, who haven't written before, who haven't heard from this grantor before, a funder before, who to get you on the path of, of writing something brand new fresh. And you sprinkling in some seasoning from your experience, from your history, from your knowledge on that fresh content and idea puts you in a whole other ball game of innovative content. My goodness, this 
this particular tidbit is worth listening to the whole podcast. Seriously. Number two. Number two, the second additional tidbit I want to share with you. You can also hire virtual assistants to help you do research and or write content. Give them parameters. Tell them what you're looking for and have them write it, which could accelerate your ability to get stuff done. Now, this is this is a strategy you can use if you have a staff, if you don't have a staff, but particularly if you do not have a staff and you're figuring out, man, I don't have time to do A, B, and C, save your little money and hire virtual assistants to create an FAQ database for you. Critique it, evaluate it, edit it, send it back for further work until it gets to the, to the point you're satisfied. And boom, you have a database done by staff while they're writing all of December and January at the top of the year. Remember that strategy. You could be planning and plotting out what's the schedule for this year, what grants are coming out, what grants are we expecting to come out. If they don't have the release date on their data on their website, who do I need to call to find out? Typically, when are you going to release grants? How do we get the schedule together? What database do we use? Am I going to do something simple like an Excel sheet? Or am I going to buy a database off the shelf to store this information? What other preparatory stuff I can do to get this stuff ready while I have my virtual staff that I'm hiring on a temporary basis do all this research, research and writing for me? Another tidbit, third one, just can't forget this one. Hire good interns. People who are looking to get experience in the business, people who want to understand how the business works outside of the the uh, the programmatic operations piece, engage them. Listen, this, this podcast went way longer than I expected. <laughs> it went longer than I expected. You, my friend, um... It started out with hard work and dedication. This this was the topic, right? And you can work hard and smart at the same time. You should be working harder in other things that require your skill, talent, and attention. Grant writing, you can also hire a good grant writer. It can it may cost you a little bit, but you can hire an excellent grant writer who can again create the FAQ. And who can be the one submitting all your grants according to schedule. It, it will cost you money. It will save you time and effort. You will still have the final say. You will still have the uh, final uh, approval. But you can hire a good grant writer. But in the event you're starting out and you cannot afford a grant writer. In the event you cannot uh, afford a virtual assistant. Which I would encourage you to reconsider. Consider the other strategies I laid out. Maybe. You don't have the money to hire somebody. So this year, you're going to, you know, struggle and hustle and, and figure out how to make the nonprofit work with this year, for this year. But this year, before the year's out, you're going to start to get that database together. You're going to put yourself in a timeline to get an, a strategy document in place, uh, a project management tool in place, the framework for the FAQ in place. So that next year, when you have extra money to hire staff virtual assistant or a grant writer, you know what you're hiring them to do so that you can hit the ground running in the following year with as much speed as possible. I uh, I hope this is helpful. I really do. I really hope you took this podcast to heart. I really hope the back end helps. You know, you can go take a workshop and learn how to write a grant, but this type of stuff, the strategy behind it, the process behind it, the leadership elements behind it is stuff you don't really hear in workshops. And I'm here 
as uh, a contributor to this discourse to say that you need to consider, strongly consider the skill of grant writing, but seriously consider the infrastructure behind grant writing, the process behind grant writing, the philosophy behind grant writing, the infrastructure behind grant writing, the leadership behind grant writing, the vision behind grant writing, the things that makes grant writing successful and a repetitive win for you and your organization, your clients, your stakeholders, etc. Follow me on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, LinkedIn. Um, I think that's all the social media we're on. YouTube. Follow me. Subscribe. Share this particular podcast with someone who can benefit from it. Follow me and, and uh, subscribe to me on the uh, your favorite podcast and platform. I hope this is helpful. This is Dr. William Clark for Leadership Conversations. And I hope you enjoyed this and we'll see you in the next show. Peace.